0: This is Gabrielle Acusta at the Bloom-Burton Healthcare Investor Conference, the Investing News Network. I'm here today speaking with William Rice with Aptos Bio and Greg Chow, who is CEO and Chief Financial Officer at Aptos Bioscience. Now, we are going to speak a little bit about the conference. Thank you both for being here.
1: Oh, Thank you, Gabrielle. It's great. Thank you for for the interview. Now,
0: so for our investors who aren't able to make it out to the conference for these couple days, did you want to give a little rundown of your presentation and any news going on?
2: Yeah, I'll give you a brief background. So we're at the uh, Bloom Burton Healthcare Conference uh, in Toronto, and uh, we've been coming to the conference the past three to four years. Uh, the conference has built up gradually, and uh, it's become uh, quite a positive uh, experience here in, in Toronto. Uh, so we presented yesterday at the, uh, the conference at 1.30 in the afternoon, gave an overview of the company, our, our medical products, uh, the, 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 the people of the company. Uh, generally, we give a description of the company. We're a, we're a small, publicly-traded biotech company. Uh, we're developing small molecule-targeted agents uh, to, to treat uh, hematologic malignancies, which are cancers of the blood and bone marrow.
0: Wonderful. And now I did see that in May, uh, you have your first quarter financial results coming out. Is there anything else financially that investors can look forward to in 2018? Any big news?
1: No, you're right. Uh, we do have our Q1 2018 earnings call on May 10th. Uh, we have a earnings call at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I think uh, you know what we will be able to report is that our financial condition is much better than we were uh, this time last year and then each quarter we are improving. Uh, I think there's a lot more confidence in the programs that uh, we're developing, uh, investor confidence and our ability to be able to uh, raise capital and fund the programs. Uh, what we'll be able to report as well is that, um, and this is all public, public information, is that uh, we were able to uh, file a $100 million shelf that's effective and also uh, recently put up a $30 million ATM uh, facility. Uh, in addition to that, we also have a committed equity facility with Aspire Capital, which is a fund based out of Chicago.
0: Very nice. Uh, now, speaking to some analysts, some have said that the first quarter earnings tend to be a little bit lighter. Revenue is a little bit lighter. Uh, can we expect to see any of that in for
1: Apto? Well, we're, we're pre-revenue, um, so we don't have any revenue. Um, but I think most people will be focused on the cash burn of the company, they'll see that uh, we are consistent quarter by quarter. Um, But uh, with the expectation of uh, entering back into the clinic, we do expect the burn rate to increase uh, going forward, which is a positive event for the company.
0: Um, And what about research and development? Uh, Can we see those costs increasing in the coming year or so?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, as uh, particularly with uh, our uh, molecule CG806 uh, as we learn more about the molecule and uh, we'll be able to do more studies and research and development there. Um, I think the clinical operations uh, activities will increase uh, as we hope to get back in the clinic uh, and also later later this year when we follow the IND for CG806 and hopefully get into the clinic as well um, You know, there'll be a, a, a ramp up in clinical operation expenses with the expectation of uh, entering into the clinic for that molecule as well.
0: Wonderful, thank you.
2: Okay. All right, so a little bit of a follow-on. In terms of the uh, clinical research support by our research staff, uh, I don't see those, uh, those ramping up in terms of expenses into the near future. Uh, but as Mr. Chow just mentioned, uh, we, for instance, a year from now, we expect to have three clinical trials ongoing. Uh, so that's, that's a major step up in, in burn for us, uh, but that's also a positive. That's why you raised the capital to, to perform the clinical trials, collect the t- clinical data, and increase the valuation of the company and the molecules.
0: Now, with your pipeline, um, in the last couple months we have seen some news, and is there any other big milestones we can look forward to in the coming year?
2: Well, let's talk about the, we have two separate molecules. One is called Apto253. This is a molecule that inhibits the expression of the semic oncogene. Uh, this is a molecule, it's, it's clinical stage. It's phase 1b clinical stage for the treatment of patients with acute myeloid leukemia or AML. Uh, we, had, we had experienced a setback with that molecule. It's just with the formulation. Uh, so we, uh, we had to, to solve the formulation of manufacturing issues. We believe we've done that now. And we hope that molecule will return to the clinic in the uh, in the coming months. Uh, so hopefully, in the second quarter of this year, uh, we hope that uh, that molecule is able to return to the clinic so that we can begin dosing again the patients with AML. Uh, just so you know that the fact that uh, we're targeting c has increased the value of this molecule dramatically. c is one of the the, the best known oncogenes, but notoriously difficult to inhibit. Uh, so this molecule is able to do so uh, without causing uh, bone marrow suppression, as most of the other. Uh, cancer drugs do. Uh, so we have high hopes for this molecule and hopefully getting it back into the clinic soon and then hopefully having data on that, uh, some clinical data on that uh, by the year end, and hopefully being able to present some of that at ASH. Uh, also we, uh, it would be uh, newsworthy uh, just to indicate that we're off clinical hold. Hopefully in the second quarter we'll be able to uh, report that and then also the uh, beginning of dosing of patients. For that drug, so those are the main timelines over this year. The second drug is called CG806. This is a first-in-class pan flt 3 and pan-BTK inhibitor. I know it's a lot of acronyms, but uh, flt 3 is one of the, uh, the major targets uh, in patients who have acute myeloid leukemia, AML, uh, because it becomes mutated. Uh, this, this drug, CG806, or 806 as we call it, inhibits every form of FLIT3, the wild type and all the mutant forms, all the clinically relevant forms of it. Uh, and we've also tested against a, a number of patient samples, hundreds of patient samples, and it truly has the, uh, the broadest and superior profile in terms of uh, killing the, uh, the AML cells of any of the FLT3 inhibitors out there. Uh, the same molecule also is an inhibitor of the wild type of mutant forms of another kinase called Bruton's tyrosine kinase, or BTK. Uh, so there's, uh, there's another drug on the market, that's, which is first-in-class drug, and it's the, uh, it's the standard of care called a Bruton. Uh, It's a remarkable drug, uh, but at the same time, it does have certain shortcomings. Uh, Patients develop drug resistance, their intolerance issues, as well as refractory disease. Uh, We believe that this drug can address uh, all of those issues, uh, the the shortcomings of the abrutinib. It's it's a non-covalent BTK inhibitor. Uh, We're able to target the the mutant forms that cause drug resistance to abrutinib. Uh, We're able to target that effectively. in addition, we, uh, we hit certain other uh, pathways in the cells, not just the BTK, which allows us to, to kill many of the, the cells that are refractory to Ibrutinib. But this molecule is also exceptionally well tolerated, uh, ours is the CG806, and we believe that we should be able to uh, address some of the intolerance issues associated with Ibrutinib. So that molecule is still preclinical. Uh, it's, even though it is preclinical, it's, it's quite impressive as a small molecule, targeted agent, Uh, So we expect to have the IND submitted this year and move into the clinic both for AML and B-cell malignancies.
0: That's a lot of good news. That's a lot for investors to look forward to. Um, Now, aside from the pipeline, there are a lot of companies working on small molecules. Um, What really sets Aptos aside with their small molecules, aside from uh, these indications?
2: So I assume you're, you're asking me, how, does, how do our molecules differentiate from some of the others? Is that correct? All right, so again, for the first molecule, the Apto-253, it is a small molecule that targets CMIC. There have been other molecules that are directed uh, to inhibit the CMIC oncogene, uh, particularly some of the bromodomain inhibitors. Um, and there's been a great deal of excitement around bromodomain or BRD bromodomain inhibitors, uh, BET, what they call is BET, bromodomain inhibitors. All right. Uh, the excitement is because they inhibit uh, the c-myc oncogene expression. Uh, the problem is bromodomain proteins are also on every active gene, so they tend to have a, uh, a higher toxicity profile. Whereas our drug is, uh, is uh, targeting a structure within the promoter region of the CMIC oncogene, and we're able to turn off the gene without all the toxicities associated, especially if we don't have bone marrow suppression from that drug. So the, the major difference there is uh, it is targeted. Both types of molecules are targeted. Ours is targeted against a uh, three-dimensional DNA structure. Uh, We just published these results, and uh, we're able to turn off the gene expression and promote uh, programmed cell death in the cells, the AML cells, uh, without the bone marrow suppression. So that's the first molecule. The second molecule, again, CG806, um, it's the first molecule that's ever been shown to inhibit all forms of FLT3 and all forms of BTK. So it's truly a first-in-class small molecule. And what sets it apart is its structure allows it to get into the active site of these related kinases and to effectively inhibit them, but it's not able to gain access into all the other kinase active sites. And so we don't have all the off-target effects. So we're able to, uh, to dose, um, for instance, if we take animals that are growing AML tumors, we're able to completely eliminate tumors in the animals without any associated toxicities. And that's quite a remarkable statement to be able to say that. Uh, so we have a robust therapeutic window with that molecule, very well tolerated. It's now moving into the animal studies. So, a first-in-class molecule that's a kinase inhibitor that targets those key ta- uh, that hits those key targets in multiple indications is uh, again quite a remarkable finding. We're fortunate to have the molecule.
0: Wonderful. Now, for investors interested in the company. Um, what kind of timeline are they looking for to see the best return? Uh, it could be a decade or a couple years?
2: Well, I'll start with that one. so the uh, the step up in value is is predicated on pretty much clinical data. So throughout this year, uh, hopefully we'll get 253 back into the clinic. We'll have uh, hopefully have clinical data toward the end of this year and into next year. Uh, we would expect to see step up in values there uh, for the for the corporation, for the investors to shareholders. Uh, in particular, when we start getting responses in the clinic. So that's with 253, and we hope to see responses there. For the 806 molecule, it should be uh, we should be able to have IND allowance late this year, move into the clinic for both AML and B-cell malignancies. That type of molecule, we would expect to see res- uh, responses uh, throughout next year, throughout 2019, and significant step up in value there. There are other molecules and other companies that have developed molecules that have either a FLIT3 inhibitor or a BTK inhibitor. And when they've shown responses in the clinic, you've seen dramatic increases in valuations uh, for shareholders and for the companies. Uh, So we're hoping to see that in both of those indications. And that would be most likely in 2019. Uh, Mr. Chow may want to add to that.
1: No, that's not not good. good.
0: Now, is there any last words for our investors? Anything else you really want them to know about your company?
2: Uh, again, we're a small, publicly traded biotech company. Uh, we're very focused on collecting the data that uh, that demonstrate how different our molecules are from others. Uh, we're, we're evidence-based in terms of we, we follow the data, we make sure our, our molecules are targeting what we believe they're targeting. That allows us to direct them toward the, the appropriate patient populations, have the appropriate biomarkers, build value. We want to get them into the clinic and create the value as soon as possible. So it's about... Addressing multiple customers. It's, it's not just the company, the investors, the patients, the clinicians. So we have to address all of those customers. Ultimately, we're trying to develop drugs uh, that can cure patients of cancer. Uh, so it's, it's a noble cause, but we also have to manage the company as if it's a business. And so those are the things that we try to do every day.
0: And again, this is Gabriel Acusta with the Investing News Network, and we are here at the Bloom Burton Healthcare Investor Conference in Toronto.
1: Uh, thank you both for your time today. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Thank you, Gabriela.